Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here this morning. When <clears throat> Tim was uh, kind of introdu uh, uh, introducing me to the, to the team uh, in the morning, he said that it was a little weird. I'm his friend, so it explains the reason I'm weird. Uh, I love him. We've been uh, meeting, I think, on a weekly basis most, uh, uh, most of the time, uh, the two of us and another, another friend. And uh, your pastor has uh, really made an impact in my life. I, I really love him. Um, and I, I'm very thankful to, to be here in this, in this time. This is a unique time that we are living in, uh, both in, uh, because of the season that we live in, and we love the fact that uh, we can celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but more specifically, we are in 2020, and this is being crazy. This is, be, this is being uh, uh, weird. And the, the word of the... Uh, uh, Jeremiah, and we're going to, to Lamentations in a little bit, uh, the word of Jeremiah uh, reminds us that even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of the worst times that we can even think about, and we're, uh, we're going to see what Jeremiah was, was living through, we can still dare to have hope. We can still dare to have hope. There is no reason for despair. Uh, some of the things we're, we're singing... Uh, just remind us uh, uh, of that. For uh, my God is for me, then what have I to fear? This is scriptures, and we're just singing that. If the Lord is for us, who can be or what can be against us? Um, so let me read, uh, first of all, the, 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 the first verses, and then I will try to tie in with the context and then bring... Uh, uh, the context to, to the application to our lives. What can we do with this word that we have before us? So, uh, Lamentations of Jeremiah, that's a book that we don't go often, but you're going to see that there are, that, that there are some verses there that we, we can remember. Uh, we use them several times. We go to hospitals, we go to, uh, uh, to visit people that are suffering in, in many different ways, and uh, uh, we, we can experience... Some of that here, some of uh, uh, you guys at home can be experiencing uh, uh, trouble times, uh, uh, after all. And then look at these verses in verses uh, uh, 18, uh, that's Lamentations 3, 18 through 21. It says this, I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. Wow. Can you imagine that? The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Can, can you imagine that? Can you imagine someone comes to, to these words? And here we have the word of God. Here we have the very uh, uh, the, the, the inspired word of God. that the, the Bible itself tells us that it is profitable for us to, to take advantage of and to, to live upon. So what can we do with a text like that? Well, the very next verse tells us that though this is the, uh, uh, um, th this is the outcome of what the prophet is living, he is crying out, there is no splendor, he says in verse 21, Yet I still dare to have hope. That's awesome. I still dare to have hope. Wow. 
Lamentations of Jeremiah. Five poems. If you uh, uh, have your Bibles there, if not, uh, look at home. And you're going to see that there are five different poems. Each chapter is a poem. And the middle one is longer than the other ones. The chapter three is longer than the other ones. The other ones have 22 verses, one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So, uh, and it's just to make easier for the people to, to learn that. So important it was. However, uh, in, in the center, we have the most important thought of the prophet. So here we have in the surface, the, the, the prophet crying for the city. It's always in the plural. Always uh, uh, the prophet is speaking uh, how the city, the temple, the worship is gone and th there is nothing good actually there. But then in the, in the center, the chapter speaks with a single man saying, my hope is gone. I am hopeless. I have nowhere to go. And then those verses that we just read brings this... Uh, uh, this, this uh, we, we could go to several verses, but I picked two of them to, to, to see with you how desperate they were. How desperate they were. And um, the, 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 in chapter 2, verse 11... Listen to this. I have cried until the tears no longer come. My heart is broken. My spirit is poured out in agony as I see the desperate plight of my people. Now listen to this. Little children and tiny babies are fainting and dying on the streets. Now if that is not strong enough, come to chapter 4, verse 10, and you read this. Tender-hearted women have cooked their own children. They have eaten them to survive the siege. Can you, can you imagine that? What kind of suffering is that? We're in 2020. And then I read things like that and I said, well, it can get worse. Yeah. It can get worse. There, if there was hope for these people, if those words, I still dare to have hope, made sense for the people of Israel when they were surrounded by enemies, when the temple was gone, when everything else was, when all the strong men were in captivity. And all the people that were there were starving. They have eaten the heads of the, the donkeys. They have eaten the dogs. They were eating their own children for God's sake. And all of a sudden, the prophet comes and walks, the prophet who spoke for 30 years in Jerusalem. 600 years before Christ, he was uh, preaching in Jerusalem. And he was saying, you, you are speaking about peace where there is no peace. Please repent, people of God. And the people of God were not repenting. The people, and, and he says that in chapter 2, uh, uh, verse 14 and 15. He says, well, the reason you are in captivity is because you did not hear the prophets that spoke about your sins. That spoke about uh, uh, the, the repentance that you have to have. But everything was so cool to you and the hands of God came after you. But how can we have hope? Or where can we have hope? And then in verse 21, um, again, he says, Yet I still to their hope when I remember this. And from here on, there are five things. There are five places that we can look for 
to actually have hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I want to go very quickly through these things so that you and I can understand even today, even if you are in despair, even if you don't know where you're going to be one year from now, even if uh, there is uh, lack of money, lack of health, even if, if there is fear, whatever there is, where can you and I look for so that we can have hope? And let me start by telling you this. Today's coach theology will tell you that you can find hope in yourself. That you can find hope in your heart. But the scripture tells us that there is nothing good to be expected from our hearts. I know myself. I know uh, 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 Tim was saying about love the unlovable. Well, he loves me, so he's literally <laughs> fulfilling that. I know my heart. I know what I'm capable of. I know that if it's not the Lord, uh, if it was not for him, I would not be here. I would be either in jail or in hell. But here it is the Lord bringing in the midst of chaos in Jerusalem five things. And the first one is the mercies of the Lord. The steadfast love of the Lord. See, when you and I come to a people or come to somebody that is suffering and read this verse, the, the steadfast love of the Lord never ends. His mercies are renewed every morning. Let's, let's read those verses. It's uh, um, verse 22 and then 23. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never ceases. His mercies begin afresh each morning. When we read that, we normally don't have this context, do we? We normally uh, are going through, through something that is bearable. We make it unbearable. Because we are so stubborn. Because we are so selfish. Because we are so full of ourselves. We think... See, my, my kids will be here in the second service, so I can't say that then. So let me say now, the first word that my oldest son learned was not mommy, was not daddy, was mine. Mine. And I said, what in the world? He's a sinner. The Bible is right. He's so full. Regardless of that, the Bible tells us in the midst of chaos, in the midst of this vision in Jerusalem, that God is merciful. And as a matter of fact, there is another, most of the other versions will add something there that is in the text. That the mercies of the Lord are the cause for us not to be consumed. Because that's what we deserve. The wages of sin is death. Is there anybody here who never sinned? Don't, 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 don't raise your hand. We sin on a daily basis. But God is merciful. He is forgiving. And the place that you and I can look upon to see this attribute of God is the cross of Calvary. Is the cross of that one 
who was born to die. So that his steadfast love, so his mercies. And what does mercy mean, by the way? We like the word grace because grace means that we get something that we do not deserve. Right? Yeah. That's what grace is. Yeah. We, we are saved. We do not deserve that. But mercy is in the other side of the spectrum. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. So, the mercies of the Lord gives to us what we do not deserve. Gives to us, actually takes us from the condemnation that we deserve. Don't we love Jesus Christ? Because of his mercies. Because his mercies endures forever. Then we come to the second place. We, we have looked to the, uh, uh, to the mercies of the Lord. But now, we're going to look to his faithfulness. We're going to look to his uh, uh, to, to the fact that, he, the, the, see, when we talk about the faithfulness of the Lord, many times we don't have any clue what, what we're talking about. Normally people say God is faithful when we get a new car. Normally we say, hey, God is faithful when we get promoted in the job. When we get something that we really want or desire, oh, God is faithful. But you know what? God is faithful in the midst of what was happening in Jerusalem. God is faithful in the midst of what is happening in your life. Regardless of circumstance. His faithfulness has nothing to do with us. Many times we say, well, God is faithful to me. And let me tell you this, brothers and sisters. My friends. If God was faithful to me. If God, God was faithful to you. There would be no hope in you. God is faithful to himself. He is faithful to his promises. He is faithful to his words. He is faithful faithful to the fact that he spoke that even through our sins, he would raise up from uh, that bone valley an army of people to himself. He cannot deny himself. And if he promised that he he would be faithful, he's going to fulfill that promise. So again... Let, let us read verses 23 and 24. Great is his faithfulness. Awesome. And then verse 24. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. See, Jeremiah here was reminding himself of what happened with the Levites. He's my inheritance. He's my portion. When Joshua... Uh, came to uh, 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 receive from Moses the, uh, 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 the task to distribute the lands in Canaan, in the promised land. Uh, every, uh, there was a line there, and Joshua saying, well, hey, you Zebulon, you all those weird names, you Dan, you Naphtali, you go to that piece of land, and the Levites were there waiting for them. Hey, what is our land? What is our prosperity? Where is our, uh, 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 we want to to, to be rich also here in this world. And Joshua said, hey guys, I have some news to you. You have not land. You, You will have to live from the favor of your brothers. Ask them. Ask them and, and, and perhaps they will give you some cities to live on. And the Levites were there. What's going on? What about the promises of the Lord? And then Joshua told them, The Lord is going to be your inheritance. In other words, though they didn't have anything, 
they have the best time, the, the, the best part of the deal. Wow. And isn't that amazing? If you have, listen to me, if you have everything in this world, everything, but you don't have Christ, wow. you have nothing. You have nothing. But if you are struggling and suffering, if you do not know the day of tomorrow, if it's hurting to pay the bills, if there is somebody that you love uh, in, in the hospital, if you don't know the answers, if you are doubting, but you have Christ. Beloved, you have everything. You have it all. Because he's faithful. And again, where can we look in history so that we can understand the faithfulness, faithfulness of the Lord in its fullness? But at the cross of Calvary. Isn't that? I mean, he promised that every single sin would be punished. And he promised salvation. How can he fulfill these two promises? How can save me? How he can save me if I'm, if I'm a sinner? Well, he had to deal with my sin because of his faithfulness when he paid the price at Calvary and when he said it is finished. It is done. I dealt with. So the faithfulness of the Lord at Jesus Christ's cross can bring us hope. Then we come to the third point, that which is, which is more obvious, I guess, the goodness of the Lord. Well, we, we can understand that the goodness of the Lord can give us hope. But again, we need to understand the goodness of the Lord in the context of what is being what is happening here? And the context is desperate, is death, is hopelessness. In verse 18, we read this man saying, I have no hope. And then in verse 21, he said, well, I dare, I still dare to have hope because I can look to a good God. And God is good, beloved. God is good, my friend, regardless of 2020. He, we are going to see in a little bit that he has control of everything. Wow. He's good. That's Verse 25. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. Yeah. Are you depending on the Lord? Or are you depending on yourself? Are you searching for him for, so that he would be the source of your happiness and your joy? Or he is just part of your schedule, but he is not the priority in your life. He's good for those who search for him, for those who, who love him. But not only he is good, but his goodness is directed to us so that we can act upon it. So there is applications here. There is young people here, and I, uh, I love when the young people are here to listen to this. Because sometimes, and I guess, besides Tim, we're all young here, uh, I, I, I guess. You're fired. <laughs> but the, 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 fact, the, the fact here is, sometimes in our young age, there is a yoke, there is a, 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 a weight. I don't know if you ever saw the Pilgrim or read the Pilgrim's Progress, but there is a weight that we have to carry, and we only will be lifted up, we will only be released from that weight when we contemplate, when we see what Jesus Christ did in the cross of Calvary. 
But here, verse 26 says this. So, now that this is application here, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Again, remember what's going on here. Sometimes my TV is broken and I start to complain. Can you imagine that? Have you ever done? Sometimes someone cuts me in the traffic. Oh, and I get so aggravated and so mad because my, my world is down now because someone cut me in the traffic. Sometimes my popcorn in the microwave takes longer than one minute to get ready. <laughs> That's too much time. But here, they're suffering the real deal. They're suffering. Maybe you are too. Don't get me wrong. Maybe you are going through something that is unbearable for, for many. And let me tell you, without Christ, it will be unbearable to you. Yes. But he's good. Amen. And he's saying that it is good for you. To quietly wait for his soul. Don't bless him. Don't, don't understand what we deserve. That's why we, we came to the mercies of the Lord first. Understand what you deserve. And because he is faithful. Because he is good. There is still hope. Where is life? There is still, there is still hope. And it is good, verse 27. It is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Let them sit alone in silence beneath the Lord's demand. Let them lie face down in the dust, for there may still be hope at last. Now, let me ask you this. When was the last time that you cried because of your sins? When was the last time that you poured out your hearts before the Lord, before the cross of Calvary, because you understand that you are undone, that you need His mercies, that you don't know what you are doing, that you are screwing up, that you, are, you have no clue of what's going on. We are so, see, many times, do you know what we do? We try to justify ourselves. We try to say, well, I, I, I did that, but it's because of, because of the woman you gave to me. But, but, but listen to this. Because after this application, there is this word of hope. Verse 31. For no one... See, see this is the Lord's word. What I'm he reading here to you, beloved, my friend. What I'm he reading here to you is the promise of the Lord. And he says this. For no one is abandoned by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief... He also shows compassion because of his greatness, of his unfalling love. For he does not enjoy hurting people or cause, causing them to sorrow. If you are in sorrow right now, it doesn't please God. If you are suffering right now, it, God doesn't, I mean, he is sovereign. He, is, uh, he can deliver you from that today. He can, and we're going to see that. But he, he is not doing that because he loves to hurt people, but because he wants to work in your life. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us this, that if you are a son or a daughter of the Lord, and you are without discipline because of your sins, you are not a son and daughter of the Lord. You are something else because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. Wow. And that's what he was doing to Jerusalem. 
That's what he does to you and me. Because he wants us wholeheartedly. He wants us fully. He doesn't want us just like having Christianity as one thing in our checking list. Oh man, I, I, I loved so much. I, I came 45 minutes earlier here and, and I saw a bunch of people working and, and running errands and, and trying to put everything together. Work of the Lord. No, no. Most of you didn't even see that. Most of you didn't even see that. Well, when you got here, everything is ready, everything is fine. The Lord needs to be first in our lives. And I'm sure that among these people, among the ones who are here working, there were those who are suffering themselves. But again, the goodness of the Lord at its fullness can only be seen if you can see this morning what Jesus Christ did in that cross of Calvary. And you can ask me, goodness? Goodness? All that suffering? All that bleeding? Let me tell you, the human suffering and the bleeding and all that happened to him bodily was nothing compared to what he had to say when he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, uh, oh my God, oh my God, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken from, by his father so that he could look at you and say, I love you. I'm paying the price to you. I am... Dying so that you can live. I became poor so I can make you rich. Yes. And then it comes to our fourth uh, thing. That the, and see, maybe some of you are suffering unjustly, humanly speaking. Now you understood that even if it's unjustly, humanly speaking, in, in God's sight, we, we are sinners. So we deserve something really worse. But coming to the surface, stopping on the ground, people are doing things to us that it's not, it's not right. It's, unjust, it's unfair. And it's okay to complain. The Psalms do that several times. The Psalms uh, 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 bring the, 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 uh, this idea of, Lord, look what our enemies are doing to us, and it's not fair, and, and so forth. So, so it's okay to pray like that. But listen to this. The Lord sees it. He knows what's going on. Verses 34 through 36 brings this idea. If people crush underfoot all prisoners of the land, if they deprive others from their rights in defiance of the Most High, if they twist justice in the courts, is it happening today? If they twist justice in the courts, doesn't the Lord see all things? Are you suffering unjustly? The apostles did. And the Lord said to them, praise the Lord. Be joyful, because great is your reward in heaven. Do you believe in heaven? Is that a fairy tale to you? Do you know what? Many people live as if heaven and hell, as if uh, the word of God, as if even the season, Christmas itself, is just a fairy tale. It was not a fairy tale, brothers. It was a real deal. Mary and Joseph had no place to, uh, to have that baby. When there was no baby shower for little Jesus. 
There's, there was no, let's make our, our bedroom and, and put the, uh, either pink or blue here. No, there was none of that. He was a poor man. The Magi were crazy dudes. They, had, they, they, they were looking to the stars and, 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 and nobody would listen to them at that time. The shepherds. I mean, they, they would have to be thrown by the angels. Everything that was happening there was tough, was real people with real deal. And here are you and I living in this world, and we need to understand that even when things don't go our way, and even when it's not fair, the Lord is righteous, and he has an eye to look at you. But where... Is the righteousness of the Lord more clearly seen? You know, by, you know that by now. Again, it's at the cross. Why? Well, because, because of the righteousness of God. And by the way, Luther, he hated to begin with the righteousness of the Lord, the justice of the Lord, because he saw himself as a condemned being. If the Lord is right, if the Lord is just, I have no hope. And the wrath of the Lord is coming against me because I deserve it. And then all of a sudden, Jesus Christ puts himself between me and the Lord so that he can get the wrath of the Lord, the just and the righteous wrath of the Lord. So when God sees me right now, he doesn't see my sin. He doesn't see my ugliness. He doesn't see... Everything that is undone in me, not because of anything in me, but because of what Jesus Christ did in my behalf at that cross. And then, lastly, see, you and I, you and I can see these things and say, that's religion. That's interesting. Mercy. That's, that's beautiful. That, that's something that can bring us hope, but you know what? Many other religions, many other people around the world, they, they can have the same kind of idea here. But they don't have a sovereign God. Look at verses 37 and 38. Who can command things to happen without the Lord's permission? Does not the Most High send both calamity and good? See, the Lord is in control of 2020. As the Lord is in control of your life. Whatever is happening. Whatever is taking place. Whatever you and I can, uh, uh, can bear. We need to understand that his mercies. His goodness. His fidelity or his faithfulness is at work. Because he knows what he is doing. We sung here today. That his word of power. That his word of creation. Is still the word of providence. Everything. You are here this morning. In a sense because you wanted to. But in another sense. Because God brought you here. So that you can listen to this. Even in the midst of chaos. You and I can still dare. To have hope. And let us. Have hope in him. At the cross. At, at, at his finished work at Calvary. Because there is nowhere else. That we can go that we can find peace and joy and happiness.